Good morning again. Uh, this is our last portion in Colossians. Uh, if you're a regular, you know we've been uh, working our way through it for the last couple of months. Uh, if you're a visitor, welcome to the climax and the punchline. Uh, but we're glad you can share with us as well. Let me pray. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this letter from Paul to the Colossians and from you to us. We pray that you'll take these words and write them on our hearts by your spirit that, so that we may be ready to take our part in the mission of proclaiming Jesus to the ends of the earth. Stir us this morning that we may be encouraged to serve you in our local church together. Amen. <clears throat> Do you know the story of Brent Bookwalter? Ring a bell for anyone. I'm pretty sure it won't. Uh, in 2011, Brent Bookwalter finished 114th in the Tour de France, uh, which uh, as a bike race, to get a participation award for actually finishing, that has a lot of honour to it anyway. I'd be stoked at coming 114th. Not sure how Brent felt about it. Uh, if I said to you the team that he was a part of came sixth in the team category, you'd be thinking that's not too shabby. But if I said to you his team was BMC. Now I know that the bike riders in my small group are all salivating at the moment. And, you know, how's your RX372 turbo? I don't know, I don't, I don't understand what they talk about. BMC was Cadell Evans' team. And in 2011, Cadell Evans was the first Aussie to win the Tour de France. And Brent Bookwalter was a domestic for his team. Uh, it was Brent's job to ride as far as he could, as fast as he could along the flat, so that uh, Cadell Evans could slipstream with his team and then slingshot him over the mountains, the Alpe d'Huez, if you're an aficionado of such things. And uh, Cadell went on to win the Tour de France. Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. <laughs> We're all still excited about that. Now, the thing that I want to put into your head is that cycling is a team sport. Canel could not have won the Tour de France if he didn't have his team, including Brent Bookwater, riding for him as a team. And I want to put that picture in your head so that you can uh, feel the picture that gospel ministry is a team sport. And in this last section of Colossians, we're given a little autobiographical glimpse into the team that uh, Paul had around him, that together with him, even though he was in chains, they uh, proclaimed the gospel to the whole of the Roman Empire. So when we read about Paul's mission here, Paul's mission was God's mission to see Jesus proclaimed to the ends of the earth. And God's mission is our mission. So as we're reminded about Paul and his team and his network, uh, we are part of that network in the days in which we live to work together to proclaim Jesus. Now, uh, in chapter four, there were 10 different people named. 
can you name them? No, Joe, don't. Uh, we're going to work through them and see that these four different groups of people that give us a little bit of insight into how Paul's team worked in his gospel ministry. Uh, in verse 7, we're reminded that we're actually reading someone else's mail at this moment. Paul is writing to the Colossians. It's Paul's words to the Colossians, and it's God's word to us. Now, the first people we meet are Tychicus and Onesimus. I said at 9.30 church, ever since Andrew preached about Onesimus and pronounced it in a way that I'd never heard before, I'm really insecure about how I say this name, and I've been stumbling over it all morning. Tychicus and Onesimus delivered the letter that Paul wrote to the Colossians. And uh, in verse 7, we hear Paul's commendations. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, a fellow servant in the Lord. He's coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. So it's worth seeing that in Paul's team, he has those who are delivering messages to the churches that he's established across the Roman Empire. And Tychicus especially had the role of reading out the letter at the gathered church. But it's worth realising that that's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, Paul sent Tychicus uh, to encourage them. Hear what he says. I'm sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. Now, we've heard that language before in chapter 2, verse 2. Remember, Paul said, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of Christ. Tychicus is a human agent in Paul encouraging the hearts of the Colossian church. And so as he read out the letter, he would have told them about the bigger story. And we get a small glimpse into how Paul and his networks operated. We've already talked about Onesimus, the runaway slave, converted to Jesus, becoming a co-worker of Paul, and then finally coming back to Colossae, where his master Philemon, that's another story that we get to uh, as we read the letter to Philemon. Uh, you might be curious to know that Tychicus had the letter to Ephesians in one pocket and the letter to the Colossians in the other pocket uh, and the letter to Philemon. They're all part of this one trip uh, around 62 AD. Uh, and so you can look up uh, Ephesians Chapter 6, verse 21, it says this, Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Ephesus is on the east coast of the Aegean Sea, Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey. Colossae is about 160 kilometres inland, so they're pretty close. About a day's bike ride if you're Brent Bookwalter. 
And Laodicea was another 19 kilometres northwest of Colossae. So Tychicus had the role of being the encourager and the informer, bringing the letter, reading the letter, so Paul and the church at Colossae could connect with each other. And we see this, don't we? Paul is in house arrest in Rome, waiting for his day in court before Caesar. And as a Roman citizen, his gospel network doesn't stop. He continues to be busy and he's writing. Gospel ministry is a team sport. Uh, the second group of people that are mentioned here are Jewish co-workers. Aristarchus, Mark and Justice. Uh, in verse 10, Paul says, my fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greeting. I don't know if you're like me. I was a little bit disappointed that Josh and Sophie didn't call their baby Aristarchus. <laughs> I think it's the right name for the right kid. But I'll, I'll, I'll deal with my own disappointment there. In verse 10, Mark sends his greeting. Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. Now, that immediately stirs our interest if you're a reader of Acts Gospel. You'll know that Barnabas was there from the beginning, from the days of Pentecost. In Acts 4, we, we read that Barnabas is actually his nickname, which means son of encouragement. And Mark, uh, Barnabas had a cousin. The thing that intrigues us here in Acts 15, about 48 AD, uh, Barnabas, uh, uh, Paul and Barnabas wanted to go on a mission trip to visit the churches that they'd already established in their first missionary journey. And verse 37 of Acts 15 says, Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark. Paul didn't think it was wise to take him. He had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus and continued ministry there. Paul took Silas and uh, went on his journey with him. Now, think about it. This is 14 years later and Mark turns back up on the scene. And Paul says, Mark sends his greetings. Uh, there is the fruit of reconciliation here, and that ought to be an encouragement to us. Uh, justice is also mentioned. Paul says, Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends his greetings. I can understand why you want to change your name from Jesus to Justice. It would get confusing at that time in that part of the world. What Paul says about these three, these are the only Jews among my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Paul's conversion story is well known. Uh, a strict Jew who was an opposer of Christianity met Jesus face to face on the road to Damascus and God appointed him from that point on to be a proclaimer of Jesus to the Gentiles. And we know that he never lost his love for his own people, the Jews. Wherever he went, he would visit the Jews first and proclaim Jesus to them. And if they moved him on, then he would share the gospel with the Gentiles. And so here we have uh, 
Jewish followers of Jesus who were part of his team from whom he got a lot of comfort. Gospel ministry is a team sport. We encourage each other. Uh, the third group of people he mentioned are Gentile co-workers. And Paul sends greeting from three non-Jewish people from his team. Epaphras the prayer, Luke the gospel writer, and Demas the deserter. Let's have a quick look at them. In verse 12, Epaphras, notice how Paul says, he's one of you. As uh, Onesimus is one of you, a Colossians, one of the Colossians. Uh, he is a servant of Christ and sends his greetings. And here's the description of Epaphras. It's lovely. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he's working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Uh, we get a little glimpse into the local churches, Colossae, Laodicea and Hierapolis, all within stone's throw of each other, have supported a worker to send to Paul that he might work with Paul in the gospel ministry of seeing Jesus proclaimed to the ends of the Roman Empire and beyond. Uh, gospel ministry is a team sport and Epaphras is a model for us of the importance of prayer. Paul's going to uh, share a prayer in this chapter as well. Uh, and we'll, we'll see that in verse 2. Third, uh, in verse 14, our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greeting. Now, my interest is immediately raised when Luke gets the mention. Luke was a travelling companion of Paul. Luke and Paul travelled together from Acts 16 to Acts 28. And at the time of writing Colossians, right at the end in chapter 28, we heard that little glimpse. He had two years of house arrest where gospel ministry was busy happening. Luke was there, and Luke sends his greetings to the church at Colossae. Uh, Luke is writing his gospels, those who study dates and times, probably just finished Luke and is in the middle of uh, writing Acts. Uh, it shows us how fresh the uh, gospel writers are, especially Luke in this place. In the same space as Paul, Luke is writing Acts, and I can imagine the conversation. Hey, Paul, where was it that you got bitten by a snake? Malta. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he's writing his... Isn't it a picture here? Gospel ministry is a team sport, and Luke was by Paul's side when Luke's gospel got written and the, and the uh, book of Acts got written as well. Demas is also mentioned here. Demas sends greetings. Uh, for us, Demas is a salutary tale because a couple of years later, Paul will be writing uh, to Timothy and in Timothy uh, chapter 4, verse 9, Paul says, do your best to come to me quickly, Timothy. Demas... Because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. And you can feel Paul's disappointment. 
It shows the earthiness of the teams and fellow workers of Paul, that not everything went to plan. And uh, Demas becomes a salutary tale for us not to give up working together to see Jesus proclaimed to the ends of the earth. Uh, the fourth group of people here are local co-workers, the co-workers in Laodicea. In verse 15, give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea. And he names two of them, Nympha and Archippus. Just to help you picture it, uh, Colossae to Laodicea is about the same distance as Warunga to French's forest. They were close. Hierapolis was on the angle, not that much further. And the three churches worked together in their gospel ministries. And so we can see uh, the instructions here. Uh, when you finished reading the letter, uh, send the letter to the Laodiceans, and then you can read the letter that I've sent to them as well. Uh, two people are named. Nympha. There's a bit of discussion about whether is that a male or female name, but those who study these things, uh, even looking at some of the textual variances, suggest that here is a prominent Greek woman who supported the church at Laodicea by opening up her place, that that's where the church gathered. Uh, we've seen this before, Lydia in Philippi. At the end of Romans, there are 29 people mentioned in a parallel passage to this Colossians one. Nine of them are women, Phoebe, Priscilla, Maria, Junia, Tryphena and Tryphosa, Rufus's mother, Julia and Nereus's sister. So it seems quite reasonable to say that Nympha was a Greek woman of means who hosted the church of Laodicea. Send greetings to her too said Paul. They were part of the gospel network. And as uh, uh, Paul writes to Philemon as well, as one of the hosts, to Philemon he says, uh, Philemon our dear co-worker, Aphia our sister, and Achippus our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Uh, women in Paul's uh, mission had just as important role as the men did, supporting and encouraging and praying for Paul's ministry. Gospel ministry is a team sport and it takes the team to move it forward. Finally, the last person mentioned here is Archippus. Now, the way that the sentence is structured uh, makes us think that he's probably a young gospel worker who's been ordained and he's struggling in some way. This is all Paul says here. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry that you have received in the Lord. And there's a sense in the way that the words are put together that it's like a quote from his ordination vows, if I can put it like that. Paul is saying, Come on, Archippus, keep going. Gospel ministry is a team sport. Uh, when Paul writes to Timothy a couple of years later, he says, you, Timothy, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Jesus Christ. The things that you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will be qualified to teach others. 
Uh, even in that little sentence, there's four generations of gospel sharers. Paul shares with Timothy. Timothy shares with reliable others. Reliable others are to equip others in the truth. And so that gospel ministry has come to us in Sydney, in Warunga Anglican, and we are part of this story. Gospel ministries are team sport. Some of us proclaim, some of us pray, some of us encourage, some of us write letters or send texts or send emails, some of us host gatherings at our home, some of us show hospitality, some of us give leadership in the local church, some of us connect with the network of local churches, some of us walk and deliver messages. And in this way, we continue to partner with Paul and his mission. Paul, when he finishes his uh, Romans 15, says, I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Elycrium, I had to look that up on a map as well, I have a fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ it has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. So Paul encourages us to be part of his mission, which is not his mission, but God's mission. And he calls us to prayer in verse two. Devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful. Pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Pray. Every Christian has a role to play in God's mission to see Jesus honoured as Lord and Saviour. And I want to encourage you to think about the part that you play in the local church at Warunga Anglican. Well, let me finish this letter with Paul's words. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Amen.